of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, we're in the midst of a uh, series about uh, having a merry, messy Christmas. And if you remember uh, last week, we talked about having a merry, M-A-R-Y, Christmas and uh, being able to understand how uh, for Mary and Joseph that led to a pretty big mess that was going on in their circumstances. And uh, Nevertheless, uh, somehow, even though things are messy, uh, if we have that M-A-R-Y Christmas, that Merry Christmas, we can ultimately have a M-E-R-R-Y Christmas. Remember all that, right? As we did last week. Well, I'm going to build on that uh, a little bit uh, this week as we look at uh, have a Merry Christmas uh, messed up uh, travel plans. And uh, you would think by this time uh, things have kind of settled down for Joseph uh, and Mary. I mean, from what we talked about last week, the things have kind of settled down. I mean, um, you know, they've been married now and the, the pregnancy is going good. And, and we know from the Gospel of Luke that uh, Elizabeth has already given birth to, uh, to her son, uh, John. And so everything seems to be kind of moving along and settling down. And that, that's kind of where we like life, isn't it? But of course, life doesn't always stay there, and it didn't stay there for them either. So even though things have settled down for the time being, all of a sudden things get messed up again. And they get messed up because this guy named Caesar Augustus puts out a decree and says, hey, I need more taxes. And because he, he puts out this decree that says, I need more taxes, so because I want more taxes, everybody's got to go uh, register so I know how many people live in all this territory that I've conquered. And uh, if I know how many people live in all this territory, then I can figure out how much tax I'm supposed to get. Sounds like a pretty reasonable plan if you're emperor, don't you think? So he, he wants more taxes. So the idea is, well, I've got to get, get everybody to go back to their hometown and, uh, and get them to, um, to register. And you uh, heard it in the... Uh, in the gospel lesson there. And what I want you to get out of this first part is that uh, God has purposed even the middle of, uh, of a mess. You know, we know what messes are. And we can see this mess starting to happen again for them. You just heard it read that Emperor Augustus gave orders for the names of all the people to be listed in the, in the record books. And so it meant that uh, Joseph and Mary had to uh, pack up and make this incredible journey. And uh, there's, there's no options in this one. You can't just kind of fill out a letter of appeal and send it off to Caesar Augustus and say, listen, the wife's pregnant, it's close to the due date, you know, can we just kind of do this a different way? I mean, not an option, right? You got to make the journey. And for uh, Joseph and Mary, uh, that's the probable route that they went. And I gave it to you on the on the topographical map so you can see kind of the mountains and stuff there. And uh, so you got Nazareth in the north, and they got to get way the hay down there to uh, to Bethlehem. Look like a pretty good journey. Yeah, remember they're walking. <laughs> remember they're walking on this thing, right? I mean, I know your Christmas card has Mary on a donkey and all that, but I mean, there's nothing in the text that tells us that that's actually what happened. I mean, it's a nice Christmas card, but and it could be probable that that happened, but. The bottom line is they got to make it from there to there. It's about at least minimum 70 miles. And, uh, yeah, they're by and large uh, walking. And remember, she's how pregnant? Yeah, totally ready. I mean, we're talking getting ready for dilation stuff to start happening, right? I mean, we're, we're that close. It's what I call in the ballpark, right? 
they're in the ballpark getting the catcher's mitt warmed up. Um, right? I mean, you, you hear this, you hear this story, and uh, don't don't you just kind of look at Joseph and Mary and say, "Can anything else go wrong?" Right? I mean, don't you just look at their circumstance where, okay, they got through all the mess that they had to go through with the, with the messed up marriage plans and, and life seems to be settling down. And then all of a sudden this comes along and you just look at them and say, oh, those poor people, what else do they have to go through? Right? Of course, then again, have you ever said that about your own life? I mean, have you ever been in that situation where, where things just start getting messed up and, and it's out of your control. I mean, they have no control over this. This is Caesar Augustus saying, look, this is what's going to happen and everybody's going to do it and, and they have absolutely no choice in the matter and it's just what they got to do, right? It's, it's totally beyond their, their control. They, they can't do anything about the circumstances but respond. Isn't that the way sometimes life gets messed up? I mean, I mean stuff just just happens. It's, it's totally outside the, the realm of our control and, and life is kind of going stable and then something else gets into play and, and life gets messed up and, and here's Joseph and Mary. They, they don't have anything to say about it. Their, their life is settled down, but boom. Caesar Augustus makes this decree and everything's uh, turned over, upside down. And they have to make this incredible journey. And they could easily have looked at their life and said, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. On top of everything we went through just to get to this place in our marriage and in our life, now this has to happen? Those words roll off your tongues before? The incredible thing in the experience of Joseph and Mary is for us to see how God is working in the midst of all this experience. And, and for Joseph and Mary, how do they respond to this new mess that they have to go through? I mean, obviously, we know they, they start walking. I mean, they, they are compliant to the emperor, but, but they, don't you think they also have to have this, this underlying confidence in God that says, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is, God, God is the one who brought this pregnancy about. God is the one who's doing this. God is going to preserve us somehow in the middle of this mess. And so they start making that journey. And that's exactly what the Scripture would tell us, that in those, in those mess experiences of our life, when, when we look at them and say, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding, can anything else go wrong? That we can have an underlying confidence in our life that God is still at work. Look what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, the Lord controls rulers just as He determines the course of of rivers. What's happening in this circumstance? The most powerful ruler in the then known world, Caesar Augustus, who thinks himself to be a god, is being used by God. Think about that. The most powerful ruler in the world who has no relationship with the living God, who doesn't know anything about him, has nothing to do with him, and yet God is influencing and using Caesar Augustus and even his selfish decisions to get more taxes to accomplish God's purposes for Joseph and Mary. That's why uh, Paul can say to the uh, Galatians, but when the time was right, God sent his son and a woman gave birth. Isn't that an interesting phrase there? When the time was right, when the time was right, 
This was a mess. Yeah, it was, but that, that's the point, you see. Even in the middle of the mess, even in the middle of the, I can't believe this is happening to us, God is still working and purposed in their life. And at the right time, in the right circumstance, in the right situation, God is even using the environment and the people who are far away from him. He's using even a ruler that wants nothing to do with him to bring about this incredible entrance of his son into the world. How incredible is God? And, and if we, we look back even to last week, we can see that God has been doing this. If you remember back last week when Gabriel came and spoke to Mary, it even says, one month later, God sent the angel Gabriel to the town of Nazareth in Galilee. Another phrase, one month later? What's up with that? I mean, one month later. I mean, obviously there's a timeline underway here, isn't there? I mean, that God is moving things along according to God's purposes. And so we can see even with the announcement back then when things got messed up in the marriage situation, now we have God moving again. And even though it seems like a mess, and it's like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me, God is still working. God is still moving and using the circumstances and everybody who's involved in it to accomplish His purposes. Here's the question. If God can use Caesar Augustus, if God can use Caesar Augustus to accomplish this incredible purpose of bringing His Son into the world in the middle of what seems to be an incredible mess up again, what does that mean for the next mess in your life? What does that mean for you? I mean, the next time that those words do roll off your your tongue and you say, I cannot believe this is happening to us. Can you also believe the possibility that the incredible God of the universe, the sovereign Lord of Lords and King of Kings, is able to be purposed even in that mess in your life? Even those, those circumstances that, that seem like they have nothing to do with Him. Can you still believe that God can use those purposed circumstances around what He wants to accomplish in your life and give him that opportunity. Joseph and Mary did. They were compliant to Caesar Augustus and they started walking to Jerusalem and all of it according to the purposes of God. And now as we, we look at the story, it's not, that's incredible enough, isn't it, for the morning? Just, just that awareness right there? But it, it gets even better. It gets even messier, but it gets even better if you think about it that all of this is equally not just... God working in the mess and using the circumstance of that, but, but God has been working towards this over a huge span of time. Even over the huge span of all the mess that's happened in the midst of that, right? And we get it from, from Luke 1. It says, so Joseph had to leave Nazareth and Galilee and go to Bethlehem in Judea. Why has he got to go to Bethlehem? Here's the explanation. Well, long ago, Bethlehem had been King David's hometown and Joseph went there because he was from David's family. So you got to go back where the family is. got to go back to the family homestead. And what did we just learn about Joseph? He's of David's clan. Right now, do a little history there. Who's David? Incredible king. So now we got Joseph from David the king from his line and lineage. And you go backwards in time now, and you go back to an experience when God is speaking with King David and God makes a promise uh, to King David 
about those who would be in his family from 2 Samuel 7. It says, you know, David, this is what I, the Lord, all-powerful, great phrase, isn't it? I, the Lord, all-powerful, say to you, I brought you from the fields where you took care of the sheep, and I made you the leader of my people. Wherever you went, I helped you, and I destroyed your enemies right in front of your eyes, and I made you the most famous people of the, the most famous people in the world. I have given you, see how God is doing all this stuff? Isn't that incredible? I mean, it's, he's telling David, look, look, this is what I've done for you, David. This is what I've done for you, David. This is what I've done for you, David. This is what I've done for you, David, right? Then he makes an incredible promise to David. Here's what he says. Now I promise that you and your descendants will be kings. I will make sure that one of your descendants will always be a king. Does God ever fail in his promises? Well, absolutely not. God always fulfills his promises. What's going on here? 700 years, or a 1,000 years before Jesus comes into the world, God makes a promise to David that anticipates the right time when Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, comes into the world. That God is working over the span of a 1,000 years to bring about this moment in time when this child goes from Nazareth to Bethlehem in his mother's womb and emerges in the right place at the right time into the world to become the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and to sit upon the throne forever. What do you think? The next time life gets messed up and you say, I can't believe this is happening on top of everything. Can, can you entertain the possibility that God has been working for a long time to bring about this moment in your life to develop your character and your faith and your purpose? I mean, he was working for a thousand years from the time he made this promise to David for that moment when Jesus Christ would come into the world. In the middle of all the mess that went from then to then, he was working to bring about this very incredible moment when his King of Kings would enter the world and sit upon the throne forever. Pretty good insight? That's two pretty good insights today, don't you think? I mean, that's awesome stuff. And you'd say, wow, that's great. We could stop there. And besides, you know, like get out early. It gets better. What happens next? Well, things get even more messed up. Things get even more messed up because God's, uh, Joseph and Mary get under attack and God keeps working in the midst of even this attack, what happens? How's the attack happen? Well, these guys called wise men, we call them, show up. And they get now into the mix. But when they get involved in the mix, what happens? Things get even messier because now Herod gets involved. And then so the kings show up and they go to, to Jerusalem because, of course, their assumption is any king who's going to come in and, and be king of king and lord of lords is going to come and be born in Jerusalem. And so... They go to Jerusalem looking for him, and he's not there. And they go to the king, and they say, Herod, hey, where's the new king? Now, you're Herod the king. How would it make you feel if somebody shows up and says, where's the new king? Well, it says when Herod heard about this, he was worried. I think that's probably a polite word, don't you, for what Herod was? I think that's probably a polite word. He was worried? Yeah, he was worried. Why is he worried? Because he knows his throne is being threatened. 
when these guys show up and say, where's the new king? He knows his throne is now being threatened. And he determines to eliminate the threat. Is it getting messier? I mean, don't you look at this circumstance now? And after all, they've had to make this, make this huge journey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. And, and all the way along, you're like, man, I can't believe this is happening to this couple. And they finally get to Bethlehem, and the, and the baby finally comes in, and we survive the messy birth situation. And then what happens? It gets even messier because now Herod's out to get him. And in the midst of it all, the only thing Joseph and Mary can do is continue to trust in the promises that God has made over this child. And so we follow the story, and it says the wise man listened to the king, and they laughed, and they followed the star, and they were thrilled. And then when they went to the house and they saw the child with Mary and his mother, they knelt down, they worshipped him, and they took out their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they gave them to him, and, and then they are warned to go back a different way. This is so fascinating. What's happening? Things are getting even messier for Joseph and Mary. Now Herod's out to get him. Wise men show up and give him gifts. How awesome is God? God is in the middle of this mess in this attack now, right? And God shows up and uses wise men, again, who we don't have any idea that they really have any relationship to the living God. In fact, they probably don't. And yet he uses these wise men to show up and provide gifts for Joseph, Mary, and the child. Why do they need the gifts? After the wise man gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and says, Get up! Exclamation point. Hurry! Take the child and his mother and flee from Egypt. Flee to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you to return. What's going to happen? Things are going to get even messier. I mean, you hear this and you got to say, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Now they got to get up and go to Egypt? I mean, their marriage thing was tough enough and they survived that and things stabilized and then this whole decree went out because Augustus is selfish and wants more taxes and they got to make a 70-mile journey and they finally get there and the things are all messed up and now all of a sudden it gets worse because Herod's out to get them and now they got to pack bags and get down to Egypt. Did you notice in the midst of it that God provided for their opportunity to go to Egypt? Not only did he tell them to go, but when those kings showed up, they brought gifts. God made provision in the middle of all this mess. And even in the middle of the attack that's coming against them, God made provision so that they could do exactly what he needed them to do. How awesome is God? You getting this this morning? I mean, this is amazing. In the middle of the mess... In the middle of our saying, can anything more happen to this couple? God is working and providing. Do you believe, can you receive a word that says, in the middle of the next time, life goes out of control for you, and it's not because you did something, it's circumstances beyond your control, and you look at those circumstances and say, man, I just can't believe this is happening. Can you believe in the sovereign God who can be involved in those circumstances and even provide you with what you need in the middle of that mess. He did it for Joseph and Mary. He provided them for what they needed. And they went down there and uh, spent time in Egypt. And finally the time came for them to come home. And it says uh, Joseph got up, took his wife and child, and went to Egypt where they stayed until Herod died. 
So the Lord's promise came true, just as the prophet said, I called my son out of Egypt. Isn't it amazing that not only does God provide for him, but Hosea said those words 700 years before this is actually happening. 700 years before it actually happened. That, that we could look at this and say, Matthew could write and say, listen, this is all God's doing. Even in the middle of the mess, that God is fulfilling the prophecy of 700 years ago. They get down to Egypt. They hang out down in Egypt for a while. King Herod dies. The Lord comes to Joseph in a dream and says, it's time to get up, take the child, go to his mother, and go back to Israel. The, the people who wanted to kill him are now dead. Joseph got up, left, and went from Israel. But when he heard Herod's son Archelaus was now the ruler of Judea, he was afraid to go there. Then in a dream, he was told to go to Galilee, and they went to live there in the town of Nazareth. And you say, man, again, can this, another mess? Can it? I mean, at least let him go back to Jerusalem and have a pleasant life there, right? I mean, go to the suburbs and live and be comfortable. But ah, oh, it gets even messier to this couple. Now they got to get up. They're going back home, but they can't even go back home. They got to go back up to obscurity, back up in in Nazareth. What's that all about? I mean, one more time, don't you just want to say, can anything more happen to these people? Can can their life get any more messed up? And yet, Matthew would say, so the Lord's promise came true, just as the prophet had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Matthew understands the sovereign nature of God. And in the middle of all of this mess, that all of it unfolds under God's purpose. What a challenge, isn't it? I mean, what, what a tremendous challenge for us if we receive this and have a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y, to receive it in the same way Mary Joseph and did, did and be able to just walk forward in our lives with such an underpinning of confidence in God to say, listen, I know things are going to happen beyond my control. Listen, I know there's going to be times in my life when I'm going to say, I can't believe this is happening. But I can believe, I can believe that God is in the midst of the mess. And God is going to use this for his purposes in my life. And I'm just going to walk forward and I'm going to trust him no matter how messed up things get. Because I believe in a sovereign God. You see, if we can get to that place this Christmas, if, if we can receive that word and, and get our faith to that place this Christmas, how can you not have a M-E-R-R-Y Christmas, right? How can you not have a Merry Christmas to be able to know that no matter what happens in our life, that our sovereign God is going to provide for us and he's going to lead us through the circumstances and he is going to take us to the place he wants us to be in the right time in the right way. We can have a Merry Christmas not because of who we are or not because of what happens or doesn't happen in our life but simply because of who God is in our life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us to this moment in our lives that... Uh, so many things go on beyond our control, and yet uh, we know that we can trust you above everything. And uh, when those words do roll off our lips and we say, I can't believe it, I just can't believe it's happening, help us to really believe that whatever's happening, you are in the midst of it, and you're going to use it, and you're going to use those around us, and even those who are far away from us, and uh, 
far away from you and you're going to accomplish your purpose. Help us to receive not only this incredible word of Christmas, but help us to receive just your sovereign nature. Father, we thank you and we praise you in the middle of the mess for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.